0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football, presented by BKCW Insurance. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On Three and Inside Texas. Guys, we are one day away from Texas finally taking the field. It seems like it's been forever since that OU game. Sark, of course, had a uh, press conference yesterday. What were some of y'all's main takeaways from that?
1: Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, it- First off, is health of the team. You know, it, I think the main thing that he, the point he got across was feels good about JT, right? Uh, feels good about Jake that those guys will be able to go if needed, right? Um, somebody asked him about Cedric Baxter. He said Cedric Baxter's fine. Uh, you know, nobody specifically asked him about Catalan, but again, he thinks. You know, some of those guys may be game time decisions, but they've been good all week in practice. No setbacks, I think, is the major thing. Again, nobody really, nobody that I heard asked him specifically about Chris Ross. So we don't have an answer there. Um, But I thought, I thought he he thought overall the team was, he called it pissed off, which I thought was good Um, that this team is out, is ready to go play. They're ready to go compete. Because look, I mean, you know, we have the weekend live thread up on Inside Texas, and I'm, Telling you U of H is ready. They're fired up for this one, as expected. Uh, Texas will get U of H's best shot uh, at 3 p.m. tomorrow. There is zero doubt about
2: it. Yeah, uh, Jerry, just some uh, more color on uh, injuries behind the scenes right now. You know, we, we don't know exactly what's happening. I, we expect full Cedric Baxter to be a full go, like you mentioned. Uh, Jake Majors uh, likely. Uh, JT Sanders likely. Catalan and Ryan Watts, you know, we don't know. Uh, yep. At this point, uh, Cole Hudson, we don't know, uh so we'll have to uh, see what happens here and, and whatnot. I, I look, I I just was, it was kind of funny because when Blake was saying, it's been two weeks since Texas played in the Cotton Bowl, it feels like it's been a freaking month. Yes, I mean that that's how because we had this build up and then had six straight games and then we take a one week off period after a bad loss in my opinion, it, it just feels like, you know, it's been like a month or, or two months almost. And uh, I, I hope that the players feel that need to get back on the field. Kind of like, like the fans do because I think I speak for a lot of fans that feel like this has been too far gone. I can
1: tell all the Texas fans out there people. The only thing that got Bobby through these last 10 days was Texas tech and A&M losses. <laughs> 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 about it, Tyler Hastings asked any rumors about five-star McKinley flips Dallas or Texas. I can, you know, McKinley say telling, uh, he's telling a couple of people he's remaining solid right now. I think once the rumors really start with, uh, like a program like a oh, everybody's leaving, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, these kids are all in their own lanes. Uh, they're on their own timelines. Um, you know, I think a major shakeup, uh, um, on that coaching staff would def- could definitely have an impact uh, with Dominic McKinley. But right now, I think the the rumors are a little premature on him.
0: All right. Well, Jerry, I know there's some other big recruiting news out there, uh, some that Texas <laughs> fans may or, or may not be looking forward to, but what's the latest on what you're hearing?
1: Yeah, I think uh uh Ryan Wingo obviously announces October twenty-fifth. Uh he put that out. Chad Simmons put that out with on three. I mean, I'm I'm all in on Missouri there. That would have to be something major change. Uh that that's the recruiting game, guys. I mean, uh, we live in an NIL world. Um uh, you know, so, but I think Missouri's in a good spot there, headed down uh to his decision in five days. I think DeAndre Carter, I have a feeling this one will. Uh, I think a final decision will be made here in the next few days with DeAndre Carter. Uh, The Auburn commitment out of modern day. They played a game last night. Um, I I really think since that uh, September 30th official visit, things have been really good between Texas, Sark, Flood, the family, and Carter. Um, Sark and Flood were at the game last Friday. But here's the reality. Both uh, Auburn Texas, they need to know where he's at. Auburn has one offensive line commit in high school in their class. Uh, Texas, if Carter wants to stick with Auburn, if they don't get, if, if the, Texas gets Carter, they may shut it down in 2024 offensive line recruiting. If not, they're going to be ready to maybe move on a couple other guys, and they might go from guard to looking at tackle if the Andre Carter uh, sticks with Auburn. So that'll be interesting to see what happens if Carter flips to Texas. I could see Texas being done unless Sark says, "Hey, eh, you know what? Let's take a try to get another tackle."
2: Hey Jerry, what do they? You mentioned Brian uh, uh, Ryan Wingo. Likely going to Missouri. Uh, what, where does Texas go from here at receiver? Obviously, they have Freddie Debose uh, out of the San Antonio area, as well as Parker Livingston from Dallas, uh, committed. Aaron Hampton's out of Carthage. He's committed, although we think that's more of a safety slash athlete type. Yeah. Where do they go from here at receiver? Because uh, clearly, Micah Hudson, Ryan Wingo were at the top of their board, and it doesn't look like they're going to get either of those guys. Yeah, I think the outside receiver,
1: that that wingo spot, which you feel like's AD Mitchell, you know, pro- probably going pro after the shot. I think they're gonna go to the portal. I, I really think that's what they're they're gonna do as of right now, unless somebody uh somebody flips that's unexpected right now. I think that they're headed to the portal. We thought they were headed to the portal anyways, especially now at that position. Hey. Um, I, I think I think they're absolutely headed to the portal. The Isaiah Williams kid from uh, Carrollwood Day, the four-star committed to Florida. He's not the same position as Ad Mitchell is worth as um, as Ryan Wingo is being recruited as. He's more of that Xavier-worthy position. So then when I was like, saying Wingo and Isaiah Williams have nothing to do with each other, they're two totally different wide receiver positions within that scheme for the Texas staff.
0: And we're. Hey- Oh, go ahead,
2: funny, Bob. well, no, I, I was just gonna say, I mean, it, it feels like it's setting up to be it's gonna have to be portal, uh, because I we know Texas feels good about Jonte Cook, uh, we, we believe they feel good about DeAndre Moore and Ryan Niblett. Yeah, I'm telling you, Casey Kane's probably not gonna come back just to be a guy, uh, so he's gonna be gone. That Isaiah Nayor, you would think, uh, given his lack of playing time this year. And if he is healthy, he's likely not to be back. Uh, so you you mix all that together, Jerry, and you're looking at a receiver core headed into next year that's going to be awfully young unless they do go to the portal. Yeah, no.
1: I, and I think they're headed to the portal anyways, because there's no, there's no excuse for being inexperienced in college football, especially at the wide receiver position. There's too many quality guys in the portal. Um, but I, you know, you kind of think back to this time last year in Texas, Fans are in a similar place. Oh, what are we going to do? We have Jontae Cook. Jontae Cook is the only guy committed. They end up getting DeAndre Moore late, and they get A.D. Mitchell out of the portal. Well, A.D. Mitchell is an NFL draft pick. So I expect Texas to do uh, very similar things uh, at the position. Somebody's asking, should we worry about Chris Jackson as a recruiter? No. I mean, I I don't know what to tell people other than – I mean – Chris Jackson has no bearing on Ryan Wingo's decision. I don't, I mean, Bobby, you might, you want to expound on that, but I mean, Chris Jackson has no bearing in Ryan Wingo's decision.
2: No, I mean, and and Sark was on Ryan Wingo from the start. Uh, So, and you've talked at length about that, Jerry. I think, I just think it's, uh, look, Missouri's having a good year. Uh, They're featuring a wide receiver that's from his home state, uh, from his hometown and uh, doing well. So I think that's where where it's going to go. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I don't think Sark's going to have a hard time attracting receivers, uh, elite ones. And so uh, just be aware of that. Hey, I do want to mention something from a uh, from a uh, programming perspective real quick. Guys, uh, Jerry is going to be out uh, along with Eric Naline, uh at uh, Pinkerton, Pinkerton's Barbecue today in Houston uh, before the uh, uh, University of Houston game. From three to four, Jerry and Eric will be out there doing the live stream along with myself and Rod. Uh, so uh, please stop by Pinkerton's Barbecue this afternoon. Uh, they're they're going to have some beer specials, hang out uh, with the guys from three to four before the Astros Rangers game, which you notice how Blake didn't talk about that, that in the opening today. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, please, please uh, step out there as well. Uh, Blake, player, player. Blake, you're in must-win mode. Today. <laughs> Blake, you do not. When when Altuve and when Altuve and Alvarez get hot at the same time, that's when that's when Houston wins the World Series. Man, right.
0: Nobody's beating the Phillies. First off, nobody's beating I, the Phillies. I,
2: I I kind of agree with that. I think they're too destiny. Uh, but
1: Astros uh, did it last year. Um, but I, it, it is a uh, it, it's a must win game for the Rangers because I don't care if the Astros stink at home or not. If if tech, if if they go to Houston down three two, they're not winning the series. Yeah.
0: They find a way to break my heart every year. There's no difference.
2: Year. <laughs> hey dude, I look, I grew up an Astros fan. I know what it means to get your heart broken every year until about five years ago,
0: basically. So I, I lived it and I understand it, Blake, unfortunately. So at least I still have my son to, to look forward to. That's what I keep telling myself. Hey guys, before we move on, real quick, you know, we're talking about wide receivers. Um, we we have a lot of questions about Nayor. So, real quick, what does this mean for Nayor?
1: I just think he's going to grad. If he's a grad transfer, he's going to transfer and play somewhere else. I mean, I think that's exactly where it's at. Um, If he was really in their plans, he'd be playing. I mean, I
2: I agree with that. I mean, I think he's in the tank right now, Jerry. I mean, it's the bottom line and not being used. And there's a reason for that. Uh, Whether that's something that's going on behind the scenes, we don't know whether it's because he's not 100% physically you we'll see um uh, i will say that you know if he stays an additional year at texas there will be no better situation for him than than texas i mean that that wide receiver spot is wide open right now uh so we'll we'll have to see what happens in the next 6 weeks right um we've talked about Jonte Cook possibly getting more catches maybe they find a way to get Nayor involved uh as well but I wouldn't necessarily count on that one. I would kind of think that uh, Jonte Cook's going to come in. Hey, Blake, I need to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, We mentioned our morning sponsors by BKCW uh, Insurance. Uh, This is business insurance. So if your business had a frustrating insurance and employee benefits renewal, most likely you didn't even hear from your agent all year. And then right before it was time to renew, they delivered the bad news of a rate increase. When this happens, the agent is providing no value to you and you're stuck in what we call the insurance trap. BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by providing you with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting, operating out of their headquarters in Austin and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your, comp- your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs while effectively managing your company's risks. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and other nonprofits in Central Texas escape the insurance track, uh, insurance trap. And it all starts with a risk-free assessment. So give them a shout. Go to BKCW or send an email to info at BKCW to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. We appreciate their. Uh, sponsorship of the Friday uh, uh, coffee and football episode. I, uh, you don't have to bring up the question, but there's a lot of wide receiver
1: uh, recruiting questions.
2: I'm
1: um, uh, I, I just i I'm different than people. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, people are acting like Texas isn't getting good wide receivers. Xavier Worthy was a five-star receiver for on three. Jonte Cook was a five-star receiver for on three. A.D. Mitchell was as good as there was out of the portal. Uh, DeAndre Moore was a top 200 kid in the country. Ryan Niblett was a top 125 ranked kid in the country. I mean, I don't like. I, I don't know if there's an expectation that uh, Sark's going to get four five star receivers in a class. That shouldn't be your expectation. I, but I, Texas is not struggling at that position. See how they do out of the portal.
2: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm of uh, Jerry's opinion. I mean, there. Are, look, the the reality of it is, Jerry, and this is where people get. Stunted, right? There are five guys a year, six, seven guys a year that are potential superstar wide receivers. And I think Texas fans want two of those a year. <laughs> and that that's just not going to happen. And so when they don't get one, it really gets uh magnetized or uh, magnified, right? And I think that's the that's the real issue at this point.
0: And before we move on from wide receiver recruiting, Jerry, we—I know we talk about this about once a week, maybe once every two weeks. But any buzz on Micah
1: Hudson? Uh, no, I've not—I've not heard anything on Micah Hudson. Um, I, I think uh, I, I just—I I would say remember this. I mean, um, how many—how many margin hooks guys? How many multiple five stars have gone to the same school? They don't do it. They go where they're going to get a lot of targets, which is not necessarily a bad thing.
0: All right, y'all. Well, let's move on here. Um, we got plenty of questions. Obviously, plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so. And uh, let's start. We oh, have-
1: hold on, hold on. Let's uh, okay. Go to yeah. Champ Bailey's question at eight twenty-five, real quick, because that's I think that's what people have been getting at, and I want to address
2: this.
0: Maybe this one right here. Yeah. He says, maybe I have higher expectations than I should. I look at Sark's Bama wide receivers, but that is also all-time great.
2: I think that
1: may be where the disconnect is with Texas fans. Sark recruited none of those guys. Zero. None. They weren't his guys. I mean, he didn't recruit them. Um, those weren't – had. he had nothing to do with those guys going to Alabama. Just, Just so everybody's on the same page on that.
0: There you go. All right. Well, let's move on to something besides wide receiver recruiting for a little bit. Um, let's start with this question from Antoine. He says, do you actually see us carrying 19 offensive linemen on the roster next season?
2: Jerry, what do you think on that? I, I just think somebody
1: there will uh, there'll be some a little attrition at that position. I mean, you've recruited a lot. Of, I mean, you've recruited 12 guys in two classes. You're looking at signing four this year. Um, if you hit 16 over three classes, the chances of all those guys staying are slim and none. Uh, Well, I mean,
2: Storier Gorham Welch, you're including in that group, and he's going to be, he's going to graduate. And Max Merrill. Yeah. I mean, so I I wouldn't, I don't think it's going to be more than 17, which is, uh, you know, 15 to 17 is highly normal. Yeah. It's been abnormal for Texas for the last 10 years, but that's because of uh, poor roster management by previous coaches.
0: I got this next question here. It comes from Joe Zura, and he says, Good morning from Rapid City, South Dakota. Bobby, Jerry, besides the Texas game, which other games this weekend do you have your eyes on? And, guys, if you'll bear with me here. Yeah. I got you all the top 25 schedule for the week to take a look at. I
2: already know which one I'm watching. I, I mean, Bobby's a big Mandy
0: Diaz fan, so he, <laughs> he, he can't wait to watch Penn State
1: shut down Ohio State my uh, look if Penn State beats Ohio State this this chat's going to be hilarious because that means Mike Yurcich and Manny Diaz are going to be the OCDC the of oh, Penn State the number one ranked defense in America Penn State uh coordinated by Manny Diaz. They've
2: got some dudes on that defense. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, and offensive James, line. James Franklin yeah. is, is not hurting for ta- NFL talent. No, he
2: he's done a really good job of kind of sticking to his knitting uh and getting the best players in the east. Um I think I think that the Penn State Ohio State would be mine. The other one I'm going to keep an eye on uh, during uh, during the Texas game. I'm not necessarily going to. I'm obviously going to be doing the watch with us with Aaron Hogan as well as post game. But Tennessee Alabama, uh, Tennessee Alabama is interesting. That's at Bama. Uh, I think that Longhorns, you know, need Alabama to kind of keep winning to keep their profile higher. Uh, I do think that win is going to mean something. Uh, other than that, there's not a lot of great games. Uh, OU plays UCF, guys. That's not much. Uh, the one that's uh, probably there, are two are interesting uh, in the Big 12. TCU goes to Kansas State, I believe. Yeah. Okay. They're both rejuvenated programs right now, with the new quarterback at both places, right? And then the other one that's just kind of slippery. Uh, Oklahoma State goes to West Virginia. Oklahoma State's rejuvenated. West Virginia is really good at home this year. Yeah. They lost and they're coming off a last second loss uh, to uh, uh to U of H and had an extra couple of days to prepare. So, you know, those are the two games I'm looking forward to in the Big 12 outside of uh, outside of uh Ohio State, Penn State, outside of Texas, U- University of Houston, obviously, and Tennessee, Bama. I will say this. <clears throat> I Jerry. Baylor goes to Cincinnati, okay? I'll let you watch that one. <laughs> uh, well, you can't. Here's the deal. You physically can't. It's on ESPN+. I mean, you would have to be – I mean, you are going to be a Baylor or Cincinnati fan. That is the only way you're going to be able to find that game at 11 o'clock.
1: Uh, there will be more Baylor fans trying to peek in the basketball facility to watch the, uh, a closed-door scrimmage or practice Saturday. That's and, all here, and they should. <laughs> yeah and they should that's that's uh oh that could be a very low scoring game Um uh, hey by the way two other games of note for me uh <laughs> we've had Florida State on the upset alert I just don't think if Riley Leonard was healthy I would be right there with people I think he's very very good um man that ankle that high ankle sprain though he got late in that uh uh oh, what game was that I can't remember um the one they, they almost won Notre Dame Uh, But the other game for me that's very interesting, guys, is Utah and USC. Because here's the reality for Lincoln Riley. He better win that game. Because looked bad against Notre Dame. They have been horrible in the secondary all year. If they lose to Utah, they could lose four regular season games. And you, th- I mean, they may love Lincoln now, but if USC were to go eight and four this year, they wouldn't. You know, USC fans now they'd start questioning him.
2: I, I'll tell you right now, what will happen is they're going to be finding Alex Grinch a new home. Mm-hmm. They'll go buy him a place to retire in Calabasas. And uh, it's not bad. You no, know, not bad, but that's probably where <laughs> he needs to be, given his defensive output in the last ten years. I, mean, I don't, I don't see where he comes off as I mean, he got this this the idea that he's some kind of defensive mastermind, and boy, he just can't put a defense together. Now, is that is that because Lincoln Riley practices like like old Mike Leach teams used to? Maybe, you know, maybe maybe Lincoln Riley himself has something to do with that.
0: I got before we let Jerry tell us about Manscaped, which is one of my favorite times of the morning. I do want y'all to I answer a question real quick from ECAM. He says, "Good morning from Rockford, Illinois." Do you really see Penn State beating Ohio State this Saturday?
2: I I kind of do, I, and I I'll tell you why. I think Kyle McCord is good. Um, I don't know. Look, they didn't score many points against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the best defense they faced thus far. Um, I think that I think Penn State's going to be able to score thirty and hold hold the Ohio State under thirty. So I I do, even though it's on the road at Ohio State. I, that's where I'm going. Uh, Drew
1: O'Lar is a pretty talented young quarterback for Penn State. Very talented. He's he's the best. He's the most talented quarterback mm-hmm. they've had. Pure talent under uh, James Franklin there.
2: In uh, prior to
0: the last twenty years, yeah, twenty five years. All right, Jerry, take it away and let us know about Manscaped this morning. I got, I got, I got, I got it, man. Here we go.
1: <laughs> All right, gentlemen across the nation, and there's hundreds here. I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultra sphere, introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting edge design and next generation dual skin safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand. New Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code on Texas all caps, high tech for low spaces, manscaped. I say it every time I read make this read. I'm a big manscaped guy, I've been using using Manscaped for 15 years. Uh, my son uses Manscaped. Bobby Burton does not want to talk about this anymore, <laughs> uh, about his son in Manscaped. But manscaped.com, go to manscaped.com, on Texas, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, T-minus t-
2: 11 days until Halloween. by the way, Jerry. Halloween. Here we go. Yep. Hey, guys. Uh, Are you a uh, Balloween? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we appreciate their sponsorship. Uh, it's been it's been a nice relationship with them. Hey, the, the guys, uh, Blake and, and Jerry, I, I'm thinking about this and, and been trying to wade my way through uh, some Texas, you know, hangover type talk. Yeah, how, how likely do y'all think it is that Texas has a hangover on Saturday? Zero.
0: I'm with Derry. None.
1: Zero. I, I think. Uh, I think the best thing. Um, I think the best thing that happened for Texas was U of H winning that game uh, because they're they're definitely getting te- Texas best uh, U of H best shot. Know, I think if U of H had lost that game, they fired Dana on the tarmac. I mean, or whatever on the way off the field. Um, that thing's in disarray. Um, I I like that U of H won that game. I like that Texas is going to get U of H's best shot. The fans are going to be energized. It's, I like that. I think Texas needs this. Um, the last thing Texas needs right now. Is a team that to, to play a team that's in disarray has nothing going on, doesn't even know their coach is going to be fans aren't or are talking more about who the next coach is versus the game. I want Texas to be tested and, and I, I'm picking 48 24. And to me, that's tested against you of age.
2: What about you, Bobby? Uh, I am worried about a letdown, I, I, I very much am. I mean, I think knowing uh, what goes into a Texas OU game mentally. Uh, can very be very impactful uh both prior to and after that game. Uh I've been there and seen it uh with the with the players. Um and I I here's the thing. So I am concerned about a letdown. Do I necessarily think Texas is gonna lose? No I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a letdown of, of sorts, a bad first quarter, a bad third quarter where they they kind of forget who they are and it lets Houston back in the game some, right um, and so that's that's what I'm most concerned with and probably the thing that I'm going to be we talk about red zone efficiency and tackling in open space and uh, communication on the back end those are all micro issues that that you have to execute against. The macro issue for me actually is you know what's the, what is the mentality of this team? Uh, We thought we saw a little bit of it start showing out against Alabama, against Kansas, against uh, Baylor, where they kind of just dominated. But then we didn't see that against Oklahoma. And so I, I, you know, Stark uses the term consistency. I want to see Texas consistently dominate right now because they have the ability to do that. Uh, And I just don't want to see them not uh, get out there and, and make it happen
0: for themselves. That makes sense. All right, guys. Well, let's take some more questions here. Um, and we'll just start with kind of what we were just talking about. TJ Day says, by sale, Dana gets fired after this game.
1: Um, Well, he definitely would have got fired after West Virginia if they lost that one the way it went. Um, I mean, it depends on what the game looks like to me. I mean if, if Texas rolls in there beats him 52 10 yeah he's he's toast on he won't coach the, probably the rest of the season um if U of h is you know makes it a competitive game then i I'm not sure that's the
2: look that U of h necessarily wants I completely agree with Jerry and I do think it's possible I mean I think it's possible that I mean, his job is on the line and he knows it yeah he knows it's not what he's focused on probably but
0: his job is definitely on the line. All right. Well, let's see here. This next question, while we're talking about other coaches, Sam says, who's more likely to go to the NFL, Harbaugh or Riley?
1: Um, That's an interesting question. Uh, if I give my I, – I, I might not be able to even – I don't even have to answer, and Harbaugh might know my answer. What do I look like? What's my look? I mean, he's stealing signs, right? Um, <laughs> Let's see. Um, I'm going to go with both.
2: Interesting. I'll tell you the other one that might go to, and and I'm hearing more and more is Kellen DeBoer. To the NFL. Yeah. yeah, To the NFL, the the Washington coach. Uh, He's getting some real looks there. Uh, Well, apparently he is uh, Lincoln Riley is seen a little bit like Cliff Kingsbury though. Yeah. Just, just putting that out there. And that's not necessarily, you know, does he control the team? You know, because at, at some level, these, uh, They don't want just – I mean, it it takes a rare bird to be Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel and be able to control the team while putting points up. And McDaniel and Shanahan right now are ahead of the Cliff Kingsburys and uh, the Lincoln Rileys from an offensive perspective. And so it's just a a different game in my opinion. And I, I think they wonder a little bit about that with Lincoln Riley.
1: I, I, and I think there's another piece to it, and I agree with that. Um, Harbaugh knows he has his best team at Michigan. Yeah, and he's, he, and he's losing a lot of those guys on that offensive line they have built so well. Um, same thing, you know. With with uh, I, I'm, a, y'all know I'm a big DeBoer fan. I think the guy's tremendous. He's losing his quarterback, probably a couple of wides. I mean, he's gone in there done an amazing job. But these guys tend to. I mean, like Urban Meyer was the. Best I've ever seen of taking a job when the timing was right. Uh, the, the guys didn't understand that, you know. That I think that's the knock I have on Matt campbells he didn't know when to get out. Um, and so I, I think I, I think the board could go to the NFL too.
0: All right, well, let's talk about the longhorns. Y'all, Jason asked, What are a couple of things y'all are looking for from the horns this weekend? I'd like to see more physicality in the trenches, improved red zone offense, better communication, in the defensive secondary. I think a yes. little
1: one for Bobby, number two.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll
1: just go
2: ahead and lead you into that one, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, you can't be 11 of 24 or 11 of 25 touchdown success rate and expect to outscore opponents. That that's That's really what it comes down to for me on offense is Texas has the capacity and the ability – to outscore opponents in games, but you're not going to do it if you're 11 of 25 in the red zone. You're just not. And so Texas has to capitalize more. Uh, they they truly do. And I think they have the the ability and the players to do it. They need to get on the right page and get it done. Um, I will say that, that of all of those things, though, uh, what really, I think, concerned me a little bit against OU was the lack of defensive physicality in the trenches. I thought we would see more than what we saw. Um maybe it was tempo, maybe it was OU having a plan to run outside and use different kind of run schemes to kind of catch Texas off guard, Jerry, but I wanted to see more physicality on the in on the defensive side of the ball. I thought they were plenty physical on offense. Yeah. Not physical enough on defense.
1: Yeah, and, and and I know a lot of Texas fans want to see pass rush against Houston. What what's going to be interesting for me is Patrick Paul, the the left tackle for U of H, is getting a first second round grade, highest graded rated pass protector in the country mm-hmm. at left tackle. So it, I want to see where Texas, is, and part of that is physicality, is getting that pass rush. Where they're going to get it from? If they now they're going to have trouble beating Patrick Paul. Uh, but if they do, then it's going to be a, a big day rush in the passer. But I, um, I I expect to see more physicality. I expect to see better pass rush early in that game. That doesn't mean sacks necessarily. Um, Devin Smith, uh, Donovan Smith, 6'5", 240. Um, but uh, I, that's what I expect to see. And offensively, I, I'm going to say this. I expect to see more down the field plays in the passing game. I mean, I'm talking – I expect a couple of big plays and I'm talking 35, 40 plus yard throw. And then uh, I expect to see some big plays down the field against that U of H defense.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger
0: for the ones who get it done.
2: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
0: Now, Bobby, you mentioned OU's tempo. Uh, This next question from Brett Ranskill has to do with that. Can Houston duplicate the tempo OU had to wear out the defensive line?
2: They don't run tempo like you like OU. Uh, nobody does. The only other team in the conference that runs anywhere close to that can be TCU, and even TCU hasn't replicated that this year. Um, so OU runs hyper-tempo, right? Uh, o- uh, U of H can run tempo, don't get me wrong, and they will, uh, but so does Texas every so often, right? Um, it's... The, the hyper tempo, the all-time tempo type stuff. Uh, nobody does that other than OU in this conference right now.
1: All right, a, well, to Bobby's point, what's going to be interesting? I think TCU will against Texas though, because twofold, I think Prey has the quarterback that he wants to run it with in Hoover now. And those all those transfer wide receivers that were struggling for TCU early in the season, remembering plays right that slows you down the checks the calls uh, and that's the one thing about the tempo teams uh with the portal is they're trying to mix in more guys now more new guys and so if they're mixing in a lot of new guys new quarterback new wides uh new new OC i mean their tempo may not pick up till second half of the year i think you're going to about the CTCU start playing a little faster which will come into play in a few weeks in Fort Worth uh-
0: Uh, a super chat here guys this one from ben jacobs thank you ben he says do you think the fall off of inner city houston football has hurt texas and schools in the state ike lamar wheatley yates madison etc produce players that play with edge which i think is missed."
1: i think that's an interesting question Uh, i think thank you ben that's a question I, i didn't ever would predict predict we'd get here um you know it, it's interesting because I don't think I don't think so. I mean, look, Dallas Carter, all all those schools up on I twenty. Uh, uh, people moved south of I twenty, right? They moved to Duncanville, they moved to DeSoto, Lancaster, Cedar Hill. In the Houston area, a lot of people have moved out Missouri City way, right? So, high. I don't think the kids at Hightower are lacking physicality, right? Those maybe were kids that uh, or Fort Ben Marshall, right? Kids that would have gone to, like, I'm not sure Vince Young would have gone to Madison if he was coming out today. Probably, odds are, he would not have. He'd ended up in a Fort Bend uh, school. Um, I don't think Fort Bend Marshall, those kids I watched them play this year, they don't lack physicality at all. So I just think those schools, that they've shrunk in population so much, they just don't have the talent there anymore. But the talent that was there, um, in the Houston area in, in those areas those kids are more in Missouri City. those kids are going to high tower Ridge Point, uh, Fort Ben Marshall, those schools. Uh, and it's really hurt out 288 too yeah. yeah Shadow Creek, Manville and yeah. those, I mean those teams don't they don't they don't lack physicality. It's a great question and topic though because that's just the shift in population in Dallas and
2: Houston how much it's changed. I will say, I will say this, Jerry, he mentioned Ike. Ike is from Aldine Eisenhower. So the Aldine schools still have guys, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Nimitz, you know, we just mentioned uh, not a second ago, Ryan Niblett. uh, There's another guy coming. I think it's a big linebacker uh, over there. Uh, So uh, those schools still, still, the Aldine schools still have the the talent. The inner city school is an interesting one. My my take on that is it's still going to be piecemeal. I mean, Wheatley has had. I think Wheatley had a first-round draft pick, the cornerback out of Baylor that went uh, via. Um, uh, he's one of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the league right now, or was that went JUCO and then went back, bounced back to Baylor. Um, they their players, they're not as well talked about because the league itself is overall down, um, and you know the the fact is Ben Jacobs just mentioned five or six inner city Houston schools. And you know who he didn't mention, Jerry Yates. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, when I was growing up, Yates had the best talent in the city. Um, And so uh, those, you know, to, to your point, um, I think that a lot of players have gone away from sports. A lot of them are are playing basketball and, and it's really, it's hurt those inner city
1: schools. And by by the way, Lamar is the one team in Houston that's very good this year, but they're still not as talented as the Rod Babers, Jerome Sapp, Kelson Rackpo teams back then. I mean, they're not like that. They're talented, but they're blowing the doors off of people because the teams, uh, the teams in that district
0: just aren't, can't compete. All right, Bobby, we have a question for you. From King me, he says. Bobby, can we get a new community poll every week? They're great topics of conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think that I put up a poll last week, and, and I I apologize for that. That's my my mistake. I've been jonesing for football so bad that I forget to keep up with our community thing. Uh, the one thing that I put on uh, on on uh, Texas football this past week, Blake, was who is the mid season? Uh, who do you think the mid season? Uh, uh, MVP is of the tech of this Texas team. And it was interesting to me. Who would y'all think if, if y'all, if I gave y'all that question in and of itself, who would y'all say? I mean, you two, Jerry and, and Blake. Oh, my opinion or who won the poll? No. In your opinion, who is it? Uh, in my
1: opinion of Jonathan Brooks, was going to be my answer. Midseason MVP. Uh, okay. That That's probably my pick. Yes.
2: Okay. He got 74% of the vote from Texas fans. Quinn Ewers got 9% to Sweat got 14. Um, And we had over 2000 votes. So that's a good 1500 people picked, picked Jonathan Brooks. So I, I would agree with that. And that's why he's getting the mid season awards too.
0: No, no, I agree with that completely. I, I will say this,
2: the, this, this was something that was interesting to me. If I would have asked that question in preseason, Jonathan Brooks probably would have gotten zero, right? Or close to it. Zero. What do you think Jalen Ford would have got preseason? 50%. He, he,
1: he'd have got 45, 50%. I think what's so interesting about Texas right now offensively is the one thing we talked about um, before the season has kind of come to fruition. Um, we said last year, Texas had was a run-heavy team that did not have outside of Worthy the threats to open that up with a first-year starting quarterback and a young offensive line. We've seen the offensive script totally flip this year to where you have a second-year starting quarterback who's played a pretty high level, offensive line who's more experienced, has better depth, uh, multiple two wide receivers that some are projecting first, second round, um and Worthy obviously was injured last year tied in that's obviously still a dominant player when he's healthy uh Jordan Whittington serves his role so last year it went from have to run the ball uh man Bijan Robinson's a great player because he, he doesn't have a lot going on around him that this year a lot's going on around him and Jonathan Brooks is sitting there saying hey I fit perfectly with this um and You know, as I think it's interesting how this offense is totally flipped and the things we talked about, could Texas run the ball this year? The whole key to that was when we talked about it was going to be they have multiple NFL players at wide receiver tied in now, second year quarterback, more experienced offensive line. So the way teams have to defend Texas is totally different from a year ago. And so we're like, well, what's going to be the benefactor that we said that? Hey, maybe this. Maybe the Texas is going to run the ball better because they're not going to have as many stacked boxes.
2: And that's exactly what's happening for this team. It is. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, if you look back on what we talked about, it's like, what does that do to the offense to have more than one receiver, Jerry? Yeah. And, and, and that's what's happened is you have a guy that's got 700 plus yards rushing uh, compared to, he has more than Bijan did same time last year. Yeah. And it's not because Jonathan Brooks is a better player than Bijan, Robinson. No. Right,
1: and Texas or, rushed more
2: that the offensive line is appreciably better.
1: No, and Texas rushed from the craziest stat this year to me. Still, Texas went to Alabama and rushed for more yards in Game Two this year than they did last year against Bama with Bijan and Roshon. That's still a great wild stat at the, from this year already.
0: That is crazy. All right, guys. Well, uh, you're watching Coffee and Football presented by BKCW Insurance. We welcome all of your questions, so please get them in. And we have a super chat from Edmund Lee. And Edmund says, will Houston be pass-happy to test the UT secondary? I'm feeling Texas will get their best effort like the West Virginia game. Will the defensive line be able to pressure rush the quarterback and still contain their running game? Expect the over-under is low, and hook I don't so know what that
1: over-under is but right now, but it, I, I would think it's low, too.
2: I." Here is my, my thought process on this. What is Dana Holgerson knows he's going to have to run the football some to win this game. He's not going to have, he's not going to win this game, throwing the ball 50 times. Okay. So does he try to run immediately and test Texas with QB run almost immediately, or does he try to throw to set up the run for later, get Texas a little off, you know, get some, get some passing game going and then surprise him a little bit with the measured QB runs with outside jet sweeps and that sort of stuff, Jerry. Um, I feel like he's going to try to do, I think he's going to try to come out throwing uh, and get Donovan Smith going and then try to sneak him in the run game inside the twenties. That That's what I think he'll try to do.
1: Yeah. I think, I think QB run. Uh, I think QB run in between the tackles. Um, I think, short passes to Man Jack horizontally, and then they're going to attack the seams. Now, I, I think they're going to attack those hashes down the field. Uh, if that's not what they do, I'll be very surprised.
0: And then we have a question from Emmanuel Villafranco. He says, Texas rush yards versus Houston, over, under 150 yards.
2: Over. And that sounds like a prize picks question, and I would say over. Over. <laughs> Just for the record, I – if it's not, I will be highly surprised, Emmanuel. actually. If it's not, Tex-
1: in my the only way Texas doesn't rush for 100 f- plus, plus 150 Saturday is if they have a lot of pre-snap penalties or holds and it puts them behind the chains. Because I, I see no other way they don't in this game. By the way, I've had the same question uh, two days in a row uh, and I haven't answered it. Somebody keeps asking about Caden Durham. Um, just not a guy Texas went on. Um, you know, that's they liked uh, Jarrett Gibson and they like Christian Clark for the fits in their offense. Nothing against Durham's talent. I think it was more the fits in their offense and what they want to do offensively. And Durham's a
0: very good player. All right. Well, let's see. Zane Petty here says, I expect to see the Red Cat and throw the ball on the goal line in the red zone. What changes do you guys expect in the red zone?
2: I agree with that. I think they're going to have to start putting putting some onus and, and ability on uh, Quinn Ewers to make some decisions in the red zone. Steve Sarkeesian does not like to do that because he thinks it puts the ball in, in harm's way, but given their lack of uh, effectiveness in the red zone, I think they're going to have to start doing it. I, I really do. I, I do think you'll see more Savion Red in short yardage. Uh, I think you'll see more Malik Ogbo uh, on the field in the red zone as well. So watch for that.
0: All right, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody about BKCW Insurance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coffee and football on Fridays
2: are brought to you by BKCW. It's a business insurance company. Uh, Did your business have a frustrating insurance or employee benefits renewal? Most likely, you didn't hear from your agent all year. And then right before it was time to renew, they delivered the bad news of a rate increase. When this happens, the agent is providing no value And you're stuck in what we call the insurance trap. BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by providing you with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting. Operating out of their Austin, Texas headquarters and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, monitor your situation throughout the year, all so that you can lower your insurance costs while effectively managing your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas escape the insurance trap, and it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to BKCW or send an email to info at BKCW to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Uh, Thank you, BKCW, or send an email to info at BKCW.
0: Okay, guys. Well, more questions coming in. Let's keep talking about the running game because we have a lot of questions about that. Uh, Johnny Rotten says, is Cedric Baxter fully healthy and ready to run? I think
1: he's as healthy as he has been since the season opener. Now, the one thing I always say with these guys that have injuries, that seem to be nagging injuries, is it sounds great because there's limited contact in practice. But then the first time you get tackled and twisted in a game when the adrenaline's rolling – and rushing through you sometimes that injury pops back up. And so on the surface, he's as healthy as he's been since the season opener. I will always wait and see what uh, guys that have these nagging injuries until they're tackled for the
0: first time on Saturday. And then our next running game question uh from Hioli Frioli 93 says, Other publications seem to think Sark's love for Cedric Baxter will decrease Brooks' carries through the remainder of the season. I personally think he'll feed Brooks more to get him the dope. What are you thoughts on it?
1: I don't think it's love for Cedric Baxter more than it is. The plan was to have both of these guys healthy all season and not to have one guy carry, be a load carrier because they want him involved in the passing game. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I think they're, they're two very talented backs and um, I'm, I, you know, look, I, well, wards be damned. I hope Texas is able to take a little load off Brooks, have two backs, have both those guys a hundred percent late in the season and throughout the rest of the season, because I do, you don't, the one thing about Jonathan Brooks is, you know, guys, there aren't many guys built like Ricky Williams, right? That are just, you can just hand it to over and over again. Uh, these guys play on the sport turf. I think it's tougher. Um, I I think, Jonathan Brooks, tw- 18 to 20 touches a game is a great number for him. Once you start hitting that 24, 25, 26, 27 number with six games left in the season, I get a little more worried.
0: Then this next question is from MKG. He says, Texas defense blame miscommunication on poor play versus Oklahoma. At the halfway point of the season, how does this happen? Uh, it happens because you've never played this offense before. It
2: happens because – You've got a freshman safety. It happens because you have a new uh, starter at at linebacker that's never played in a game like this and David Benda. Um, It happens because you lack execution. Uh, But I I will say this. Two-minute defense for Texas has not been strong all year. So I I don't know. And that was maybe the most uh, eye-opening thing at some level against Oklahoma, both at the, the end of the first half And in the second half, the Sooners drove the ball down the field. Um, And look, you cannot, I I don't think in this day and age, you can play prevent defense the way that you once wanted to. It takes some of the, the aggressiveness out of the game for the guys. Rod Babers talked about that at at length, but I, I just think that teams have ways to manipulate the clock better than they ever have. They understand it More. Uh, you know, I I'm not I'm not a big believer in playing your your guys ten yards off the line of scrimmage, ever really. No, I mean you don't need people getting free releases. Yeah, I, I just uh I, I'm a big disagreeer. I disagree big uh, a lot on that.
0: Uh, before we move on to some more football stuff, Jerry, we got a couple of basketball questions yeah. I'm gonna let you answer. Uh, from this, both of them from Jesse. So I'm just gonna ask both of them at the same time. Any news on Dylan Mitchell's progress from year one to year two? And Jess also wants to know, who do you think will have a better season, Mitchell or Dassault?
1: Well, Dylan Mitchell, I'm, I'm the same as I have been, he's an improved player. I, I've watched him work out this summer. Uh, but in the games, I, I want you know Sark talks about consistency. I think Texas is looking for that as well. You know the orange and white game. People say, "Oh, he had a couple of 15 footers, whatever." He needs he's going to have to do that repeatedly this season for teams to honor that in scouting reports against Texas. That's going to be the key. I think it's key for Dylan to get off to a good start playing uh, in that 12 to 15 foot range because if he'll put it on tape consistently three four games then and that doesn't mean it's basketball so 3 out of 4 games if teams have if it's on tape teams will have to defend them a little differently. that's what Texas is out for there uh better year between him and Dsu I mean look it's hard to say I mean Dsu's the slowest healer of all time um he'll be back um and we'll, we'll see when he gets back
0: All right. Thank you for that, Jerry. And then this next question, guys, from Fresh 6473 says, Bobby, Jerry, do you guys see a rule change in college football in the near future? Like players will be required to have both feet in bounce when making a catch, like in the NFL?
2: No, I I don't think that they're going to, they're not even looking at that, something like that. The one that I want them to to enact, and Jerry, I'd like, Blake, I'd like y'all's thought on this. If a guy goes out with an injury, uh, on defense or offense, I, I actually just defense is what I'm worried about because they, they try to stop the clock with this. But if a guy goes out with an injury on defense that stops the play, that player cannot return to the game until the next series. It's interesting. So the next time the offense has the ball. So, so you don't, be, the don't offense, be tanking. Don't be tanking on an injury. He's yeah. it, 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 not out of the game. I yeah. agree. you you just sit in other words, you cannot come back in on the final play of the final series after you go out because you had a cramp or a supposed cramp that that's really what needs to happen. um, In my opinion, because that is if I see anything happening in, in, in college football right now that I dislike, it's the fake injuries that slows people down. I mean, that's just, that's, that looks bad on the game, and so legislated out of it. That's my opinion. I, I would say the other thing I
1: would like to see this clock rule be repealed. Here's my, because I think that's a great question. And here's what I always say it's not 22 NFL players on the field. I, I, I don't like when the, the, you know, there's a reason college basketball is better with a 30 second shot clock than 24. Right. They didn't go from 35 to 24. It's not 10 NBA players out there on the court with unlimited time. The college still works under time restraints. These aren't all pros out there on the field at the same time, unless it's, you know, a national championship game on some level. I just, I just feel like that, that clock rule was a bad move for college football. I know it's made the games a little shorter, but. We can't act like these are all NFL players on the field playing by that should play by NFL rules with a coaching staff that should coach by NFL rules because they're limited per NCA how much time they can work with their team per week.
2: I, I don't disagree with that. There's got to be some massaging of it.
0: Yep. Okay, we got another question about the rules here. Uh, Britt Rasko says, have y'all seen the clock rules affect any outcomes this year?
1: Outcomes in a – I mean, I'd have to think about outcomes in a absolute game, but outcomes every week in – and that's the other reason I don't like this rule, guys. I mean, how much pressure are we putting on these coaches now with the portal? And people are like, well, it's only four plays a game. Well, that's 50 plays over the course of a year. And you have a hard enough time keeping your guys on on your team from jumping in the portal. And every play that's missed, I mean, that just adds more pressure to it. So does it affect outcomes in a game? I I can't sit there and think of one game where the outcome was affected, but I can guarantee you there's going to be outcomes for coaches keeping some players on their team because they just don't have those late-game opportunities to get those kids in. Well, somebody said it helps Air Force. Yeah, and now their quarterbacks out, but that's true. Hey, maybe everybody's maybe we're going to bring bring back the wishbone for uh, some of these these schools. Well, I was
2: going to say, I mean, it almost affected the Wyoming game when they choked out the clock. I mean that that's that's one of them, right? I mean, you're you're talking about that, and all of a sudden nickling diming people down the field becomes more valuable potentially, uh, and that's not necessarily what you want to see with with football. You don't want to See it become like this, like little precision thing where they get try to get five yards at a time instead of actually throwing right. the ball, uh, too far. Hey, hey, Br- uh, Blake, you say you got to draw for the card, the Xavier Worthy card that we've been talking about. That's right. Uh, I, I see this. Uh, you texted me, we
0: got to draw for this. So, how are we going to do it? So, here's what I did apparently, there's a website out there called twitterpicker.com, and uh, it, it you just Tell it what the rules were for the drawing, which I did. And so, and then it draws it for you automatically. And so, if y'all are ready, we'll draw right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this is for tell people what it's for, Blake. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. So, we have a Xavier Worthy card, and I, I wanted to say I had a picture of it, but I I can't, I'll have to find it. Oh, here we go. I think I did find it uh, that we are giving away. And it's, if I can do it, I'll just bring the tweet up right here, guys. Bear with me real quick and boom there we go this should do it so it's this xavier worthy card right here autograph guaranteed by bowman to be a legit autograph everything's good to go there and so we're gonna go ahead and draw for it right now and uh am hitting begin draw and it's mike romero whose twitter handle is txhorns94 mike romero you are the winner if you will dm me on twitter Give me your address. We will make sure it gets over to you. If we don't hear from Mike within, I don't know, by Monday, we'll also send him a DM on Twitter. Then we will redraw. But Mike Romero, you are the winner. Congratulations. And then don't forget, we will have the poster giveaway once we hit 25,000 subscribers. And we're getting close, guys. We're getting real close.
1: We're getting close. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Champ Bailey asked, any updates on Xavier Feel same. Uh Texas had more conversations with him within the last week. Um, I think there's a chance he's either at the BYU or Kansas State game for an unofficial visit, Um, and we'll see where it goes from there. He asked about Oregon. I don't think that kid ends up at Oregon. Uh, And think Georgia's been making a push, but I really think here's the key for him um, is early playing time opportunity. and I think that's attractive to him at Texas, but Florida has that as well. Uh, Mom lives in Orlando, dad in McKinney. I don't see him going to Oregon. I think this thing's going to come down to uh, Florida and versus Texas if he makes that visit. Texas has some ground to make up in the relationship building standpoint, but um, the interest is being reciprocated in a way Texas likes right now.
0: Okay, guys. Well, it's about time to get out of here. Bobby, I'm gonna let you tell everybody. I know, I know Jerry's gonna be out and about today. Tell everybody what's coming down the pipe later on in on Texas football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So three o'clock today, Jerry and Eric Nileen will be in Houston at Pinkerton's Barbecue downtown. Guys, make sure you go out there and hang out. Pinkerton Grant Pinkerton's a, a friend of the program, a friend of Jerry's and I's and and other people's uh on the inside Texas staff. Uh, go out there and hang out, uh, eat a little uh Barbecue, drink a little beer, watch some Astros Rangers game. That game starts at four. Uh, so uh, that'll get started as well. Uh, enjoy yourself this weekend. Uh, hang out. Uh, we've got the Saturday conversation coming on Monday. Jerry and Rod have a special guest today on the QB room uh, as well. That's going to be at noon. They have Trey Owens, yeah, uh, the Cy Fair commitment to Texas. He's on today as well. Uh, so it should be a fun day on, on Texas football as well as inside Texas. Eric Nolene. Uh, The publisher, Justin Wells, put up the humidor uh, just a few minutes ago on InsideTexas.com. So make sure you get over there and try that as well. I also want to say thanks to our sponsor. uh, That's BKCW Insurance. Uh, Remember, avoid the insurance trap. uh, Go to BKCW or send them an email, info at BKCW or call them 512-250-5055. They'll help you out and uh, not be... uh, a not they won't ghost you during the week or during the months leading up to it, and then just finally come back in on the last minute. A1D1, we still
0: love you too, man. <laughs> hey, Ted, Ted Apare says, Can we see Bobby Burton's Arch Manning auction card? I don't have that.
2: <laughs> I don't I know who bought it, but I
0: don't have it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you to Manscaped and BKCW Insurance for sponsoring today's show. And also, congratulations to Mike Romero. Please get a hold of us and we will get that card out to you. Uh, don't forget, all weekend long, you got coverage right here on On Texas Football and InsideTexas.com. So don't miss that as well. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe and we'll see you Monday morning. Three o'clock, Saturday. Let's do it.